Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. We're hoping that you're going to get very wealthy in real estate investing, and that's why you're listening to a podcast like this. But have you noticed that the rich keep getting richer? We're going to find out why that is today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Joining me as usual, it's our financial strategist, co-host, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. We're in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. Love to come to this uh, town. Even when it's winter and cold, it's still a nice place to be. Well, I mean, if your definition of winter is 65 degrees and clouds, it's it's awesome. I love it here. Yeah, good, good stuff. Hey, uh, you know, last week we talked about risk, and risk is perceived risk. This week, I think that subject's going to come up again in terms of risk, because when you look at people that do well in life, you think, man, they just seem to be lucky. Well, maybe that's true, and maybe they just worked really, really hard, right? Our joke is we're what four, we're now about four years away from our overnight exactly, success. That's right. Yeah, twenty years overnight success. Uh, anyway, the gentleman you're going to meet today on our program has been at it for a long, long time, and it's going to talk a lot about risk and understanding why it is that the rich get richer. Yeah. You have to have the ability to take action. You have to be educated. You have to have the ability to take action and react to circumstances and not be paralyzed by fear. You have to understand how to see your options. We do the show because we get a chance to hang out with brilliant people. We get to have intimate conversations about big topics and we're hanging out with big thinkers. And every time we have a chance, we grab the mics like, hey, we're going to meet with you anyway. Let's turn the mics on and have a conversation. So that's what we're going to do today. You're going to love it. Lots of good stuff. We come back. We'll meet the number one bestseller financial author of all time, our good friend Robert Kiyosaki, today on The Real Estate Guys radio show. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. All aboard. Registration is now open for The Real Estate Guys 15th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. Imagine spending an entire week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Returning in 2017 are sales legend Tom Hopkins, international developer Beth Clifford, attorney Mauricio Raul, commercial mortgage broker and syndicator Michael Becker, and the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, G. Edward Griffin. Plus, joining us live and in person for his fifth investor summit, Peter Schiff. Plus, more to be announced. It all begins April 1st, 2017 in Houston, Texas. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click the tab that says Summit to learn more and reserve your spot. This transformational week is like no conference you've ever attended. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to spend a week with the Real Estate Guys and an all-star faculty on the 15th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe, CEO of Paradigm Life. Wall Street and banks spend billions of dollars per year in advertising with the goal to convince you that they are the solution. But take a look around. None of their advice has worked. If you're listening to this, odds are pretty good that you're already a real estate investor or at least becoming one. So why do you do it? Is it to hedge inflation, the tax benefits, or maybe it's to get your money away from Wall Street? It's because of these benefits and so many more that I created the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. When you combine successful real estate investing with the Perpetual Wealth Strategy, you have the recipe for what has helped the wealthy to establish their financial well-being for decades. You can download the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy today by clicking the Resources tab on the Real Estate Guys Radio homepage. Don't wait. Go download it now. 
Hi, this is Chris Martinson, author of Prosper, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program, heard every weekend on this great radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com. We've got to choose our teachers wisely, and the man you're about to hear from is one of my favorite teachers on the planet, and he also is a great student. Please welcome the amazing Robert Kiyosaki. How are you, sir? Hey, it's been a long time, you guys, but I'm doing great. Good to see you guys are still out there kicking and yeah. causing trouble. Yeah, we're causing lots of trouble. Uh, you're That's looking good. great, and uh, we're very excited about coming up on the 20th anniversary of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Has it been 20 years? Can you imagine that? Wow. Can you imagine that? that you don't look 20 amazing. years older. Yeah, I feel, <laughs> I feel 40 years older. <laughs> So the book had such a tremendous impact. And of course, since then, so many things have happened and we've had a ton of uh, opportunity to hang out together and to learn together and to study together. But the timeless information in the book is obviously what people are still attracted to, a book that's 20 years old, but it's time for a renewal. Tell us about the 20th anniversary edition. What's uh, what's changed? What, what have you added? What's it about? Well, there's uh, amazingly due to Mona, who, you know, she is my publicist and uh, editor, We've got three books coming out this year. So, wow. So let me start with the one that's least known. It's the one that I'm not really a part of. It's called More Important Than Money. And it's all my advisors. And it's about the importance. It's so crucial who your friends are, especially today. Right. It is so, so crucial. And it really is true, you know, birds of a feather flock together. And so if you're hanging out with a bunch of turkeys, you might need to make some changes. So all the advisors, including me, and we all kind of talk about our little niche of the world, our expertise. And I think I wrote on branding, how you take a commodity like financial education and you turn it into a brand. Yeah. You see, because a brand is as big an asset as anything else. So it's all my advisors, like Ken McElroy, who's you know the real estate guy, and Andy Tanner, who's my stocks and options and all that, and Garrett Sutton, who's legal, and Tom Wheelwright, who is you know, accounting, how you pay no taxes. Right. So all of that, more important than money, are the are the people you hang around with. And I hate to say this, you know, I meet a lot of people who hang out with losers. You know what I'm talking about? They're losers. Yeah. And they hang out with them. And I don't mean to be disparaging and all this stuff, but speaking of losers, <laughs> I'm not Republican or Democrat, but all these guys, when Trump won, yeah. what, what, about, what happened to being a good loser? Right. Do you know what I mean? Does everybody have to get a trophy? Does both Hillary and Trump have to win? Or what is going on with our country? And then I was reading the New York Times, the American Indians, you know, the, these tribes, is probably thousands of them. I don't know how many there are. But now they're kicking out fellow Indians. They're good friends. It's like, it'd be like me saying to Robert Helms, you know, Robert, you and I have been friends. We're both from the same tribe, but you're not enough Indian blood in you. So you're out of here. Right. What's going on in this country? Do you know I mean, what about love, trust, relationships, friendships? What is happening? Yeah. So that's kind of why more important than money is really about is about the quality of relationships. And if I may say, 20th anniversary of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it was Robert Helms and Russell Gray, the first guys that had me on their program. You know, it was years and years ago. And we've been friends all this time. We operate, we work together, we support each other and all that. And that's priceless. That's right. more important than money. So that's... Book number one. That's awesome, right? And this uh, people are focused on money, and there's reasons to be, but uh, no one on their deathbed says, "Man, I wish I could have really cranked out another hundred grand." You know, <laughs> well, it really I might, is. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, anytime you get the advisors uh, involved, uh, that's awesome. In a couple of weeks, we're gonna have Ken McElroy back on the show. We haven't had Kenny on the show in two years. We're gonna pick his brain about what's going on in uh, in real estate, of course. And uh, so that's book number one. And then you've got a new book coming out too, right? So the book coming out in May is called Why the Rich Are Getting Richer. And for okay. those of you who have read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Why the Rich Are Getting Richer is Rich Dad, Poor Dad Graduate School. Because I wrote, you know, Rich, the reason Rich Dad, Poor Dad did so well, I wrote it as simply as possible. Yeah. So Why the Rich Are Getting Richer, of course I always trash conventional wisdom, you know, like save money, get out of debt, invest for the long term in the stock market. You know, that's a loser activity, in my opinion. Now, if you're a loser, do it. You know what I mean? Have a good time. But it's not good advice. It's not optimal advice. So why the rich are getting richer is for all those who already read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it's how debt and taxes make the rich richer. So my adjuvant or my 
guy who supports me with the legitimacy of it is Tom Wheelwright because it's all about accounting. Yeah. And you go into why if you go to school, you come out, you may be academically educated, but you're financially ignorant. And what I mean by ignorant is you have you can't even speak the language. So, you know, they don't know anything. They all they knew is go to school, work hard. Kim and I were at this kind of a get together with so called smart people. They all they all liked each other because they all had master's degrees plus. Yeah. It was so arrogant. And Kim and I don't have master's degrees. So they were kind of down their noses at us and all this. So Kim, at, at this one event, we're at this table, and Kim's on the phone at the same time talking to Tom Wheelwright because the end of the year is coming up, and we've got to move some money, or we're going to pay some taxes. Yeah. So Kim's juggling the numbers, saying, well, move it from here, move it to there. I'm going, ah, da, da. And I realized those guys with master's degrees had no idea what we're talking about. Clueless, yeah. They had not a clue. And just because we're moving some money to this account, that account, this, moving it that way, we save 465000 in taxes. I doubt any of those guys made 465000 much less saved 465000 Much less did they know what to ask. They sit there going, and those are the same guys that got angry at Trump for paying no taxes. Right. Do you know what I mean? Why not ask the question, well, how does that guy pay no taxes? I'm paying taxes. That would be an intelligent question. That would be, yes. So why the rich are getting richer, I pull excerpts out of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know that line from Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's, and he's this is in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and he's at University of Texas graduate school, and he asked the grad students, as my friend was in that class at that time, and he says, ladies and gentlemen, what business is McDonald's in? And they'll say, oh, Ray, you dummy. We all know you're in hamburgers. We know, yeah, hamburgers, you know, Coke, you know, French fries. And Ray says, no. Nope. McDonald's is the biggest real estate company around. Yep. It is now, I think, bigger than the Catholic Church. Do, do you know what I mean? Yes. So what? why the rich are getting richer? I, I, I carried the theme through from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm a real estate guy. Why the rich are getting richer is the real estate guys. And for all those guys who are stock guys and mutual fund guys and ETFs and yeah. 401ks and IRAs, eat lunch, man. It's going to really upset you when you ask. And Tom Wheelwright, the most brilliant accountant in the world, he backs up everything I say. Everything we do is legal. Yeah. I mean, do you think, you think Mitt Romney, who ran against Obama in 2012, could pay less taxes and be a crook? See, the biggest crooks are the people who are cheating the government, who are, most of them are employees and self-employed. Yeah. Because they don't have any tax breaks. You know, the people that pay the highest taxes are employees and self-employed, are small business owners, doctors and lawyers. They pay the highest taxes of all. But do you think any one of them asks, well, how do you guys do that? So why they're richer getting richer, it kind of goes into greater detail with Tom backing it up. And I've done it as simply as possible. You know, it's a, it's a relatively complex subject. So why they're richer getting richer is the MBA, for those who already read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Well, and it seems like most have, right? I know at our <laughs> events, when we ask how many of you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, most of the hands go up, and yet still, there's people every day who are finding and discovering that book for the first yeah, time. which is good. Yeah, which is which is great. And now, 20 years later, right? Now, uh, time, time I guess, to, to republish that thing. Well, and that's why, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, 20th anniversary. I'm gonna say this up front. The content is exactly the same. Yeah. What has changed is kind of the backup material, the explanation why I said certain things. For example, you know, lesson number one, rule number one in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which most academics miss, is the rich don't work for money. And the reason you don't work for money is taxes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. If you're a self-employed, you'll pay as much as 60, 70% in taxes. Right. Okay, and Trump pays zero. And these guys are going, well, he's a crook. They don't understand it. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad is kind of the why I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because 20 years ago, remember, that was 1997. I had created the cash flow board game. I yep. didn't know how to sell it. So somebody says, why don't you write a book? I said, oh, it's a good idea. So I kind of wrote this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's a brochure for- For, for the game. For everything. Yeah. And the book took off, and it's now the number one personal finance book of all time. But the point is, back in 1997, the economy was booming. In 1997, I was writing about this crash we're in now. So the revised edition, or Rich Dad Poor Dad 20th Anniversary Edition, explains how I could see the future. How I could say savers were losers, 
and today we have negative interest rates. Right. I also said your house is not an asset, and as you know, in the real estate crash, crash, it wiped out people all over the world. Yeah. And I said the rich don't pay taxes, and all that stuff is coming true now. So, Rich Dad Poor Dad, the 20th anniversary edition. Even if you read the book, please get it because you'll see the logic behind much of the de- things I wrote about, which was considered blasphemous back in 1997. Your house is not an asset. I, I was nearly firebombed for that one. And you know, as real estate guys, you know that's your house is a religion for right. most people. Well, and it's the biggest place they have any kind of quote unquote savings or equity. And yeah. so that's, but as you point out so brilliantly, it takes money out of your pocket every month. Well, if that's not about the house. You know, I, no. I, I have four stupid houses, which right. I like, but I also yeah. have about 6,000 rental units. Right. And I have oil wells. <laughs> which you like this. better. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> I'm not saying that, I'm saying don't be stupid. Like, like the worst thing, you know, the number one word I hear from poor people is the word risk. They always say to me, oh, what you do is so risky. I said, no, what you do is risky. Yeah. You have a job and you're saving money, putting it in a 401k or stocks. That's risky to me. No, no, what you do is risky. They don't understand that without financial education, they have no control of their lives. And so the, you know, there's always three sides to a coin, heads, tails, and the edge of the coin. So on one side you have risk, on the other side is control. And so what you guys are doing is you're giving people control back to their lives again. What Rich Dad gives give people control back over their lives again so that you can mitigate. It's always risk, but you can minimize that risk. So anyway, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the 20th anniversary, it's 20 years of why we're here today. It'll also give you a view of what's going to happen in the next 20 years. So when you see that, you'll see the trajectory of the economy. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a minute because there's all sorts of folks out there, right? There was all everything leading up to the election, right? And what's going to happen and the markets are going to go crazy. And then within a couple of days, everything settled down. Now we're back at highs and no one has a crystal ball. But a lot of what you study and teach is about preparing for what's coming next, what the future is. And we've all known, and since the summit last year, been talking a lot about this impending change. What's coming down the road. How is it someone can prepare for what is unknowable? Well, that's why, you know, uh, most of the guys you have on the sh- on your cruise, on your program are kind of like me, where the dollar will not survive. Right. You see, if you know that throughout history, every paper currency has gone to its true value. Zero. Yeah. And it's going to zero rapidly right now. That's why interest rates are so low. That's why to save the economy, Bernanke, uh, Greenspan, the Fed chairman, and, and Yellen, they had to pump so much money into the economy to save the dollar. You know, when you think about that, it's going to go. You know, not today, maybe in May, maybe in two years. Right. But most of the, well, you know, I said choose your teachers wisely. I would choose your teachers very wisely today, like Jim Rickards and, you know, that guy, uh, Muhammad El Aryan. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed another guy the other day. They're saying the same thing. It's less than two years now. Wow. You know, El Arian says we're at a T-junction, so it's going to be 2016, 2017, or 2018. Yeah. The T-junction means the end of the road. <laughs> well, and as we know, there's a thousand ways it can go, but the history and trajectory of the dollar is pretty clear over the last hundred years. It's not a lot of, you know, one or the other. It's clearly less and less and less valuable. I mean, there's just no arguing with that. And they're trying to jack it up by raising interest rates right now. They do that. It'll right. be chaos It'll be all over the world. Crazy. And, and then, of course, we hear the news, the dollar is the strongest currency. It's an all-time high. The dollar's strong. But it's only strong against these other fiat currencies. Yeah, and we have a pretty powerful military, but it's driving us broke. Right. So, you know, there's a thing I we we study in all of this. It was in 1999 I said the the economy would crash in 2016. Well, 1999 was the year the euro was in, in, created. Another currency, and that was the same year. That's silly guy Saddam Hussein said, "Okay, I'm going to sell my oil in euros, not dollars." Poof, he's wiped out. Exactly. Yeah. You don't mess with the U.S. government's money. <laughs> and then, what's his name? Gaddafi. You know, all this thing about Benghazi and Hillary and all that. Well, it was Gaddafi who said, oh, I think we'll sell my oil, Libyan oil, which is really good oil. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell it in dinars backed by gold. 
poof, he's dead. <laughs> so, I, I was just a, Russell, was that a coincidence? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the part so many people don't really understand. You know, their their investments are swimming in this economic sea. That's it got all of these political and power plays going on, and they just they don't they don't really understand the the way the wind is blowing. The way I didn't. I mean, two thousand eight, I did not understand. I was in the mortgage business, but I didn't understand the bond markets. And so I just thought it was just going to keep rolling, and I couldn't even see the tremors form. You were telling us back then, but I just didn't have ears to hear. I didn't get it. Well, let me give a plug. That's what Why the Rich Are Getting Richer is about. It's kind of that that the dollar went from gold standard to petrol standard. Right. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. backed by oil from Saudi Arabia. And then the price of oil dropped below to like 25 40 bucks. It's destroying the world economy. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, Trump's a good guy, but I don't think he can save it. Well, that really comes down to the question, is the problem political or is it systemic? It's called education system. Right, because people don't understand. I, I started this whole thing. You know, my, my poor dad, Stanford, University of Chicago, Northwestern, Ph.D., they're highly educated academics, financially ignorant. Yeah. And so you have on one side, you have the Obama crowd. Again, I'm not political. You have Obama and Hillary. Obama, you know, from the, those who saw the cash flow quadrant, Obama is an employee. He sees the world from the give me a job. You know, Trump sees the world from the B and the I side. I don't need a paycheck. I don't need your paycheck. And Hillary sees it from the eyes of an S, you know, an attorney. And she made money the old-fashioned way, selling political favors. And notice, as soon as she lost, the Clinton Foundation dissolved because they have no purpose. Because the only purpose of the Clinton Foundation was to sell political. That's my opinion. I have no, I have no proof of that, but I suspect that's why it was gone. Wow. And so what we teach the real estate guys and Rich Dad and all this is how you make it the real way, which be entrepreneurs, be smart, study, choose your teachers, have good teams, you know, support each other, be, do the best we can, not cheat anybody. Right? Well, I think the big part that you always talk about, Robert, is how there's two sides to the coin. And so for every problem that's running around out there, the flip side is there's an opportunity. And your team, your advisors, those perspectives, listening to both sides of the argument, not getting emotionally committed, but just trying to look at what Jim Collins would say, the brutal facts gives you the ability to look and say, okay, how am I going to react to this? And where's the opportunity in all this? Because, I mean, after 2008, many, many people, you made a ton of money in real estate huh. from 2008 to now when everybody was saying real estate was done, real estate was over. But it was really the best time to be in real estate. It's actually scarier to be in real estate and stock market, especially right now, because it's it's so elevated. You have to be a lot smarter. Why would you invest in the stock market when the Dow is at tw Dow pushing 20K? Right. I mean, that's a suicide mission. You know, so when the when the market crashed in 2008, you know, Ken McElroy, my advisor, and great friend of ours, he goes, it's our time. Yeah. And we, I personally signed on for $300 million in debt in four years. Yeah. In the meantime, everybody else is saying, get out of debt. I'm, real estate guys are loading up on debt, right, you know? That's right. I mean, yeah, why right. wouldn't you borrow when it's down at 2.5%? Yeah, yeah. Because, <clears throat> exactly. you know, I'm old enough to remember 15%. That's uh -huh. right. That was hard back then. Oh, oh, yeah. It's easy. My dad always says anytime the interest rate is a single digit, take it, right? Because his perspective, he was there when it was 16 and 20 and 14 and yeah. 12. And, you know, it's a single digit. And, of course, with interest rates, that's the whole other part of it is because they've been so lo low for so long, that really limits what the future economics can look like. That's the problem. We're out of bullets. Yep. That's why El Arian and Richard Duncan, they're just saying they can't fix it now. I was talking to this other guy, he says, a time to watch is May of this year. Watch yeah. it clear, carefully. Because this guy, is, this guy is, he's an Indian, you know, from India. And he's really smart. He's an engineer by trade. And he can put charts into pictures. So I'm sitting with him in Dubai a few months ago. He's showing me these pictures. I'm going, he says, I've never been this terrified before. Wow. Because he has his, he can put the history into pictures and numbers. So we're, he says, we're in 1928 right now. So that was his call. Of course, well, a lot of people, 
picked up a lot of cheap assets yeah. in 1928. So if you know it's say, coming, yeah. it's like get liquid, get ready, yeah. get your get your education <clears throat> together, get your team together. And then when, you know, if it happens, you're ready. And if it doesn't, and that's one of the things that I've always appreciated about what you teach, Robert, is the cash flow concept. The idea, because we looked at people, we go back and kind of did the postmortem on 2008 and uh, the mistakes that we made, the mistakes that we saw other people make and the people who survived and did well. The difference was how they were structured. Uh, they used debt, but they used it in such a way that they were able to maintain the cash flows. And even better, when the value of the real estate crashed and the housing market crashed, rents went up. Yeah. The demand for rentals went up, and it actually turned out to be a boon to real estate investors. So crashes, you don't necessarily need to be afraid of, but you also can't go, oh, it's never going to happen, and then you're not ready. You're on the wrong end of it when it does. And that's why when I talk, when I say somebody's a loser... It's how they look at that word risk. You know, risk is a four-letter word. And the way you manage risk is via financial education because financial education and experience gives you control over risk. There's always risk, but risk can work to your advantage all the time. Oh, my gosh, yes. There were people when you mentioned that you were $300 million in debt went, oh, risky. Intentionally. Right, intentionally. That's risky, right? We often say when you owe the bank a hundred grand, well, you have a problem. But when you owe the bank $300 million, they have a problem. That's right. right? It's it, They're your partners. Debt is not the enemy. The, the absence of debt is the enemy. Ignorance is the enemy. Yeah. Ignorance causes fear. Paralysis. Oh, fear is the worst thing there yeah. is. You know, and education is not that hard to get, right? You pick up a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad for 20 bucks, and it can change the way you look at the world and start you on the path. And I know you meet those kind of folks. We hear the Purple Book story from people we meet all the time that it was a catalyst to have them start thinking different. And maybe the beginning to this educational process, which is a process. You're never fully educated. Oh, no. I mean, we all know people who know all the answers, right? Yes, exactly. I, I'm, I, hopefully I'm not I'm a reformed one of, one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> I used to study everything, and I thought I had to know it all. I realized it, I have to have the right paradigm. So your book changes paradigms. I think it's transformational, not just informational. Well, that's why I started with the, the third book, which is why, you know, the mo- more important than money, Yeah, it's your friends. You know, if you have stupid, crooked friends, you're probably stupid and crooked. Yeah, or you're going to yeah. be soon. Yeah. yeah, Chris Martinson calls that social capital, or right. having having right. having that network of friends. I mean, we've gone since 2008, Robert and I. We've we've worked really hard on increasing the quantity and the quality of the really smart people that we know and hang around with and listen to. And just, that's why, if I could plug your thing, is the real estate guys cruise. I would run. Don't wait. Because, you know, this is the time now to get associated with people who are going in the same direction. Yeah. And my, if I hope I'm wrong, but this guy, Sandy, out of India, the charts he showed me, not pretty, but we've all sensed it coming. Don't, don't you guys sense it? Yes. Yeah. So Sandy kind of, his charts verifies us. We're 1928 right now, and it's going to 29 right quickly. So anyway, this is the time to make new friends and get new ideas and look at the world differently because there's going to be more opportunity. Now, that's how I'm looking. Like I told the story of sitting at that table with all these people with at a minimum was a master's degree, and they were kind of upset that Kim and I didn't have one. Right. How'd you get in? Yeah. I mean, what are you doing, you peasant here? <laughs> didn't they check you at the door? And then Kim and I are talking a different language with Tom Wheel right over the phone. Okay, Tom, I'm going to move from this account to that account to this. Okay, okay, got it. And then Kim goes, yeah, got it. Yes. 465000 less in taxes we don't have to pay. And these guys, with their master's degrees, it went right over their heads. So when people talk about who's being left behind, it's the highly educated. Jim Rohn would say that formal education will make you a living, but self-education will make you a fortune. It's what you learn after you leave school. It's the kind of things that aren't taught in school, a big part of your message. Right? We don't teach financial literacy in school, and it's not by accident. It's no. by design. Yeah. The point, I'm going to say it again. You know, everybody, you know, Bernie Sanders says, oh, the gap between rich and poor. The poor are already poor. They're toast. Unfortunately, I hate to say that, but you know they're toast. Yeah. It's the middle class who has an education and a job are the next target. And they sit there. Kim and I sat there. We, we came away kind of feeling sad, disgusted. These guys pride themselves in their master's degrees. I went, are you kidding? You know, a couple had PhDs. And, and that was a qualification to get to that group. Yeah. And I'm going, well, you guys have no idea what Kim and I were. We use a different vocabulary. We don't speak the same language. 
Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is it, in any culture or anything. There's customs. There's paradigms. There's a way you look at things. There's words you use. There's ideas and concepts that you understand. And you know, when you're outside of that culture, when you haven't been in an entrepreneurial investing background, you've always been working with people that you know are working jobs and they have a way of looking at life. You pick up a lot of that. And they th- they think paying taxes is intelligent, patriotic, patriotic. They yeah. brag about it. Yeah. And then I come along and say, well, I don't, you know, I don't have a job. I use debt. I don't pay taxes. And they go, well, how are you still walking around? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's almost like attacking somebody's religion. And, yeah. and it's really hard. The paradigms break not easily. But here's the good news, I think. I think that what we're seeing, what's going on, you know, with like Brexit and uh, the pushback in Italy and now the rise of both Sanders and Trump. It happened to be Trump easily could have been Bernie Sanders. But it was really about people looking for a new answer. I think that middle class, Robert, that you talk about, they know something's wrong. They don't understand it. But they feel it at a gut level and they're pushing back and they think the answer is political. I don't necessarily no. think the answer is political. I think the answer is, uh, to your point, you know, education and network and changing the way you think and changing the things you do and the people you believe in. A lot of the currency system is it's based on confidence. The whole financial system is largely based on confidence. And the problem with a con game is when you lose confidence, it unravels fast. Really fast. I think we're sitting you know, on the edge of the coin. There's heads, tails at the edge of the coin. And people have got to stand on the edge. Yeah. You know, like they think debt is bad. That is really ignorant. You know, there's good debt and bad debt, just as there's good fat and bad fat. Do you know what I mean? There's good food and bad food and good people and bad people. But the average person, when it comes financially, is only saving is good, debt is bad. You know how ignorant that is? I mean, through the three of us sitting here, you go, what planet are you on, right? Well, we couldn't be where we were without debt. Imagine if, if when we started investing in real estate, we had to buy everything for cash. And we could have no benefit of leverage and no tax deductions. I mean, we'd still do okay because we're driven guys, and we're. In, but it would not be the same. Yeah, I'll take it a step further. So, if you can imagine this uh, aquarium that we swim in, this ecosystem is completely comprised of debt. There is no real money. It is one hundred percent debt everywhere. So, imagine being a fish in an aquarium, and water is debt. And you say to yourself, "I don't want to participate." You starve, you choke, you can't, you can't survive. This is, the economy was designed to be debt-driven. People who understand that and embrace it and use it properly prosper. People who don't, don't because they get overrolled by it because the flip side of debt is a constant devaluation of the currency, which means inflation, which means that you're always going to be losing the value of anything you try to save where when you're on the borrowing side, you're actually shorting the dollar, which is the right side of the equation to be on. Then the question is, is how do you do that in a way where you maintain control of the cash flow? Debt gets you in trouble when you don't pay attention to cash flow. Well, you know, debt's like a chainsaw. If you don't know how to use it, stay away from it because you're (laughs) going to cut your hand off. But if you know how to use it, it can be a great tool. Debt is a wonderful tool, one of our favorite tools in our toolbox. But the average person, oh, it's too risky. I'm trying to pay off my house as fast as I can. I don't want to have any more debt. And for some people, that's the best advice. It is. And for many people, go to school, get a job, work hard, and save money is the best advice. But- as Bernie Sanders said, wealth and income inequality is the greatest moral crisis facing America today. We all know it. And what the, I'll say it again, is the middle class doesn't understand that they're the next target. They already got the poor. They're gone. Next target is the middle class with a college education. They don't realize that day is coming quickly. There's a new book out I recommend. I don't know if it's new or not. was called The Rise of Robots by Martin Ford. Right. I'm interviewing him with this Friday I read the book, and the thing about reading books, it opens your eyes, because I'm not a tech guy. you know. I, yep. I barely use a cell phone. But Martin Ford talks about how technology is going to take away jobs. Like They estimate that McDonald's will lose 60% of their workers and make more money with robots. McDonald's. Right. On the other end of it, doctors or lawyers, they, they don't, they're not accountants. They're not needed anymore. So these guys with this college education, they're going, you're not needed anymore. And that's what's going. So I was just reading The Economist yesterday, and it says Adidas out of uh, Germany just announced they're going to build their running shoes in Germany now using robots. Yeah. And then they're going to build an Adidas Adidas factory in America using robots. And people are still saying to their kids, go to school and get a job. So that's why I wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad. I said, you know, lesson one, the rich don't work for money. You've really got to get to the other side of the coin and smell some smell the roses on the other side. You know, where there is no security but a lot of freedom. 
And that's that's why I appreciate what you guys do as far as the real estate guys. You know, we all work together. We're all one big family here. We support people. We appreciate all your guys who come on the cruises and learn and share and talk and get to meet new people because that's what's going to pull us through. Yeah. Not your college degree, sports fans. Yeah, so, so true. All right, well, three new books this year. That's exciting. That's uh, overachievement right there. Obviously, very excited about the 20th anniversary. Huge accomplishment there. Book has changed so many people's lives and will continue to. Now, people are recommending it to their kids, right? Someone who yeah. read it in their 20s. Now their kids might be in their 20s, right? That's got to be awesome. And that's that's the best part. Those, those young kids, they're the best. I was at uh, the gun show. You know, I'm a gun nut. And this kid comes up, he says, I'm a former Navy SEAL and was reading your book, and now I'm an entrepreneur. And I was like, congratulations, awesome. kid. Awesome. Yeah. So, so cool. And then love the new advisor's book, right? There is so much more to life more than money. More important than money are your friends. Absolutely. you got to be with the uh, the right people. And in May, it's the new book, Why the Rich Keep Getting Richer. And that's where you go into the advanced why debt and taxes make the rich richer, and debt and taxes make the poor and the middle class poorer. Kind of so sobering, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is, but uh, at the same time, we're optimistic about the future. There's nothing like people who care about each other getting together and learning this stuff and then doing something, right? Our motto forever, education for effective action. It's great to get educated. you got to do something with it. It's going to happen with or without you. If the chasm opens up, you got to decide, am I going to fall in the path of the poor? Am I going to fall in the path of the rich if the, if the middle class is going to get eviscerated? I mean, you say, well, it's not right. It's not fair. It shouldn't happen. You know, you can't change the world, but you can change your own life, right? Take the steps to decide as these things unfold, which end are you going to be? I know, I know that's what we've been working so hard on is recognizing, okay, this is happening. We got to begin to associate with these people. We got to begin to work with these people. We got to find ways to add value to these people and position ourselves because that's where the, the opportunities and prosperity are going to be. And I'd love to do more for the poor, but you know, Abraham Lincoln said the best thing you can do for the poor is not be one of them. Don't become one of them, yeah, right? Just don't don't increase the ranks. May I leave with a horrible story? Yes, of course. Horrible. I went. I, I grew up in Hawaii and went to school in New York. Is there a duck in it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, inside, inside no joke. inside jokes on the <laughs> yeah. radio, please. And in Hawaii, you're either white or you're not white. That's it. Howley or yep. you're not. That's it. Yep. And there's, there's prejudice, but it's not as severe. You know what I mean? We just can make fun of each other. Yep. So I go to New York, and I never saw such you know, out-and-out discrimination. You know, this, that, and N-word, and Jew-word, and this word, and all that. I'm going, wow, this is intense. But you know, most of those guys, they don't get upset by how the culture is. They make this one guy, and I said, tell me about yourself. He says, oh, I'm first-generation Jewish. I said, really? So this is 1965. He goes, yep. And you know, my parents were in Berlin when uh, they were Jews, and we were there when Hitler was coming up. and. My mom and dad says, we better get out of here, you know, b- before Hitler was Hitler. They said, just could feel the people changing and everything was changing. So he said the family packed up and they said, all their Jewish friends laughed at him and says, you know, you're a pessimist, you're, you know, you're da-da-da-da-da. So they moved to New York. So I asked this kid, I said, so what's the lesson you learned? He says, well, what we learned is that the pessimist went to New York and got rich and the optimist went to Auschwitz. Yeah. Wow. And so I, I, I tell this terrible story because I think that's where we're kind of at today. You're going to have to be both pessimistic and a bit optimistic, and you can see a little bit of reality. So thanks, you guys. Both sides of the coin. Yeah. All right, good stuff. As always, uh, great to hang out with you. Mr. Robert Kiyosaki, and we'll look at those new books in the new year. When we come back, more from the Real Estate Guys. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Young. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Forbes rated Memphis the best cash flow market in the nation. And our good friend Terry Kerr at Mid-South Homebuyers has been the premier turnkey rental property provider in Memphis for over 13 years. With an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau, Terry has renovated over 750 houses. Real Estate Guys listeners have snapped up hundreds. Discover what these satisfied investors already know. Mid-South's properties are completely renovated with a one-year warranty and a lifelong rental guarantee. They're affordable, well-managed, and easy to own. Perfect for beginning investors and veterans alike. Get in on the action. Contact Terry and his team via email at midsouth at realestateguysradio.com. 
Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Hi, this is Peter Schiff, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. This week, recording at the Rich Dad Radio Program Studios in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Hey, all that talk about books by Robert Kiyosaki, it's time to give one away. Now, the three he talked about are not available yet, but we do have a copy of the book Second Chance, his most recent book. That can be yours if you know today's real estate trivia question. Just a minute, I'm going to ask you a trivia question that has something to do with real estate. As soon as you think you know the answer, send your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, and your mailing address so we can send you this beautiful, thick book. Last week on The Real Estate Guys, we asked this, which U.S. location receives the most annual snowfall? It's winter here in the U.S., so we wanted to know where the most snowfall was. The answer is Mount Rainier, Washington, which averages more than 670 inches per year. Just behind that, Alta, Utah. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. Which U.S. state has the least GSP? Yep, of all the states, the lowest gross state product, GSP. Which state in the U.S. has the least GSP? If you know or want to take a guess, simply send us your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and your mailing address, because if you're the winner, we're going to send you a copy of Second Chance by Robert Kiyosaki. That's today's real estate trivia question. Oh my gosh, always great to hang out with Robert Kiyosaki. You know, when you think about the number of people who have read his work and the number of people whose lives have been changed because of the things he teaches... How could you not want to spend as much time as you possibly can? Now, I understand there's a lot of people out there that are critical of him. I think a lot of those people don't know him personally. I think they don't really understand the concepts. They push back because they knew somebody who knew somebody who had something go sideways. Uh, there are people who don't understand when you start a business or you make an investment, something might go wrong. Right. You might lose money. Your business might fail. That's why you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, you look at our current president. Guy's got 550 or some odd companies, right? Four go bankrupt. Okay, well, that's a pretty good batting average, you know? I mean, you know, again, the Jim Rohn would say the law of averages dictates that when you have six children, one day the sheriff will call. It's just the av- the law of averages. Nobody bats a thousand. And so you can't be, as we talked about last week, so afraid of risk that you don't do anything. Well, not doing anything is a risk. It's a huge risk. Yeah, because you know, it takes action. Nothing changes. If you're right where you want to be, then maybe doing nothing. But the problem is if you try to stand still in a dynamic environment, it's moving. So you're by definition moving, even if you aren't moving. And so the question is, is that you don't just move by default, which means just pulling the covers over your head and hoping the monster goes away. But it's really about just engaging what's going on. Jim Collins in Good to Great is one of my favorite books and one of my favorite quotes. You've got to confront the brutal facts. Well, and, and that's great. And, and how do you do that? How do you even know what to think about? You hang around with smart people. Robert talked about that several times where it was about his new book, about his advisors, More Than Money. Well, well yes, it is. It's more than money. I mean, and, and I think that we've modeled that, I think, pretty strongly for our audience over these last many years since the crash, right? Coming out of the crash, it was like, how can we find a way to take what we have, which is this radio show, and get what we need, which are great relationships with really smart people, and not just people who are celebrities or best-selling authors, but lots of everyday investors that are out there in the trenches living the daily grind of being a real estate investor and other types of investors where can we get together with them 
And of course, you know, our solution to that, we created the Investor Summit at Sea. Well, this is fun. We, we get out and we go to a lot of conferences, right? We have some conferences we go to every year or try to get to every year if we can. Others we go once or twice and see what it's like. I mean, we could spend our whole life going to conferences. We'll try to meet some great people and get some great ideas. But to ensure that for sure we have one great, amazing event with lots of great people, we do our uh, annual Investor Summit at Sea. It's coming right around the corner and there's a few cabins left. Happy to say we're more than 80% sold out. But there's still room for you if you want to join us. We're going to have the incredible Peter Schiff with us for the fifth or sixth year. Tom Hopkins, sales guy from way back when and an amazing man, uh, will be with us. The author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, G. Edward Griffin, is cruising with us for the third time. He and his lovely wife, Pat, have been married more than 65 years, and uh, they're just inspirational. The faculty is amazing, and the people you'll spend time with, people from all over the world who are coming together to the summit to discuss where's the world at and what can we do and how can we affect things and how can we collaborate, work together, think together, study together to go create opportunity when chaos may be around the corner. Yeah, we're going to be 70 days into the new Trump administration. We're going to have some feel for what the administration is about and the actions it's taking and how Congress is working or not working with them and how the rest of the world is viewing it. We're not going to see the whole picture, but we're going to have 70 days into the first 100 days which is the table setting for the next four years, I can't imagine a better place to be. And, and one of the things I think that you know I'm most proud of, and I'm sure you are too, Robert, is that people like Robert Kiyosaki, who we have never paid a speaker to come on the summit, and it isn't because they're not worth it. It's because we can't afford it. <laughs> and so we don't pay them because we can't afford it. And we look for ways to create an experience that's rewarding to them so much so that they would volunteer their time to come spend time with us and our people. And they come back not just once, but twice. I mean, you heard what Robert Kiyosaki had to say about it. Ed Griffin coming back, Peter Schiff. These are brilliant people. These are very successful people. They could go anywhere and do anything. And they do a lot of things, but they come back year after year to be with us. And so uh, we're real proud of that. We want to keep the rally going. This is our 15th year. If you're out there and you're thinking, hey, I, I don't know what the future holds, but I, I don't want to be the part that falls off the back of the bus into the poor pile. I want to figure out a way if I'm middle class to climb up and work into the upper middle rich class. I want to be part of that rich that's getting richer crowd and not the poor that's getting poorer crowd or the middle class that's getting squeezed crowd, right? You've got to make a decision. And one of the, I think the best investments and decisions you could make is spending a week with people that are rich and that they think rich and they're on their way to being richer and they're doing and learning about the things, the very things that Robert Kiyosaki has been talking about. And these are choices. You're not a victim. You know, when we lost everything in 2008, okay, we were victims for a month. Well, we took inventory and then we said, okay, we can't be victims anymore. This is now an event that has occurred in our life. And now we have to take the past, which is now cast, and we got to build on it. How can we bring forward the lessons? How can we bring forward the relationships and whatever remaining assets there are? And how can we take what we have, which wasn't much, to get where we want to go and what we need? And, you know, now here we are, and we're certainly maybe not all the way out of the woods, but doing much better. And anybody, no matter where you're at, you can do the same thing, but you got to take a step of faith. Absolutely. And getting your brain around other people that are thinking like you and thinking differently than you is so powerful. You know, Robert talked about there's good people and there's bad people and it may be not bad into their core, but bad for your thinking. When you get around folks who can't understand you as a real estate investor and think it's too risky and what are you doing? You're crazy. And your peer group isn't supportive of you. It's hard to keep going. When you get on the summit, you're around people that are just doing amazing things and are so supportive of one another. The community we've created is astounding. More than half the people have been before. So if you're new, it's not a click. They're very, very encouraging and inclusive. But understand, when you're a new summiteer, you're in the minority. Most of the people, it's old home week for. But you'll fit in quickly. You'll get up to speed. And amazing things always happen. I will tell you this. After 14 years of doing the summit, no matter how great we tell you it's going to be, 
it's going to be better than that. It always is. And, it, you know, you'll get more done in terms of growing your network and understanding the big picture and getting inspired and getting great ideas. And not everybody agrees. You know, it's not like it's just a bunch of incestuous thinking. We bring a lot of different people together that look at things differently. That's how you stand on the edge of the coin. Oh, we got some announcements we haven't even made yet about who's coming. It's absolutely that. The idea, like we talked about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a paradigm-shaking, breaking book, a life-changing book. You read the book, and if you don't, if you've never read the book, go out right away and buy it and read it because you've got to read it. But I'm, I'm assuming most of the people in this audience have probably read it, and you know what I'm talking about. It's a life-changing uh, experience. It really opens your eyes to, hey, there's a whole different way of living life. There's a whole different way of approaching working. There's a whole different way of approaching debt. There, there's a whole different way of looking at finances. Everything is different. And so if you could imagine the power of a book and however long it took you to read it and absorb the ideas, imagine how many ideas and paradigm shifts you can have in a week with some of the most brilliant people on earth. And again, these are not all necessarily famous people. These are people that are subject matter experts and hands-on investors from all over the world. You want to know what's going on in the gold markets in Asia or in Europe, it's different than what's going on in the United States because it's a reflection of the currency. So we're going to have gold experts. If you want to understand what's going on in the stock markets and where the opportunities are there or where the dangers are, depending on if and how you're invested or people who you may be thinking of doing business with, raising money from, you know, we're big proponents of syndication and understanding how to communicate to those people financial concepts that says, hey, you know what? The Dow is at 20,000. It's just wonderful. Do you really think it's going to go to 40 before it may Maybe goes to 10, right? If you look at the history of the Dow, yes, it's at 20, but eight years ago, it was at six. You say, wow, that's great. Yes. But before it was at six, it was at 10. So it went from 10 to six up to 20. Could it go back to 10? I mean, these things happen. These are the cycles. How do you know? You hang around people that think about those things. Look, we're going to have those people. You know, you've got big changes happening potentially in government and all of that. So there's just a, a ton of different things going on that as a real estate investor, you want to be thinking about, you want to be stimulated to think about, and you have to schedule somewhere, whether it's with us or somewhere, to get around the right people and then take the time to go deep, not just a superficial understanding, but a deep understanding where you listen, you ask questions, you talk to other people, you process, you come back and revisit the topic again. If you can create that in your own life anywhere, you can do it, do it. But if you need help, join us because we'll do it with you. Come to the 15th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. It's an investment. And like any investment, you expect there to be a return. And my goodness, there will be. You can check out all the details at realestateguysradio.com under Summit at Sea. Big thanks to Robert Kiyosaki. Always great to get around this man and looking forward to the new books in the new year. Next week on the show, Rich Dad Advisor and amazing real estate guy Ken McElroy will be with us. We'll find out what's happening in the world of multifamily and beyond. It'll be a great show. Until then, go on and make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.